Hello, everybody. I'm Ken Eastman, Dean of the Spear School of Business. On this podcast, Addison Price and I give insight on business tips and tricks, how-tos and fun stories, hopefully. Uh, join us for a variety of guests on your walk to class or for a quick break in your day. This is The Buzz on Business. Addie, how are you doing? I am good. I'm excited. We have not sat down and done a podcast together in what feels like a long time with the break and everything. So I'm excited to be back. How about and, you? And uh, today, uh, the first time ever, we have a, a guest on the show who could fire me. So a I'm very, feeling, very special I'm guest. Just a wee, a wee bit of pressure here, Addie. So that's I'm, perfect. I'm going to blame you for anything that goes wrong. I just I want can't you to know wait. that. Perfect. I'm ready for it. So we are delighted to have as our guest uh, today, uh, our president, Dr. Casey Shrum. President Shrum, welcome. Good morning. How are you all? Great. I'm so excited to have you here. I know that your schedule is so busy. So thank you for sitting down with us for a second and making time for this. Yeah, this is great. So this is your first podcast back in a while. And this is my first podcast as president. So. Perfect. Wow. How about well, that? So we'll have to have Grace all the way around. <laughs> That's, right. That's perfect. I yeah. think we have a plaque for you when we're done. Okay. So it's your first one as president. We, yes. we love to give some lovely parting gifts yes, to all, exactly. of our, all of our guests. Uh, exactly. That's perfect. Well, I want to kind of kick us off and just talk about your first semester as president and really ask you what has been maybe some of the things that you didn't expect as president to be able to experience the highs, the lows, the exciting moments. It has been really fun to watch from an outside perspective. So I'm curious from your perspective, how has it been different than maybe what you expected? Well, there has been so many wonderful things. And um, the pace, first of all, is just tremendous. That was probably something that I wasn't expecting. I was told ball's going to move really fast and a lot of things happen. But uh, until you're really jumping in, you have no idea. But some of the great things, um, we have had some, I mean, this was the 100th anniversary of homecoming. That was so much fun. Um, that we dedicated a statue to Barry Sanders this semester. We won Bedlam. Yes, go Pokes. Go Pokes. <laughs> um, just, you know, one of the things that I had never experienced was turning on the lights. So we just did that the other day. Um, and that was so fun outside. The weather was beautiful. The library lawn looks beautiful, lit up. The library, um, that was so fun. We've, we've done um, a Christmas drive for uh, veterans. So collecting and, and that was student led. I had a student reach out to me. Um, and that's been tremendous just to see the support that we have for our veterans and how many gifts. So the goal is to get um, a gift bag for every veteran who's in a veteran's home or in hospice in the state of Oklahoma. And so that has been, you know, something that's been really exciting to be a part of. Um, I could probably just keep going on and on. Yeah. I mean, so many things have happened and it's all been so fun. That's awesome. Good. Well, we've loved being able to, and I can say I personally have loved being able just to watch because it's really unique and a special, a special situation to be a student while a president has kind of a turning over and there's starts to be a new president come in and just watching you take over and do such a great job. It's really fun to follow along and see you do everything. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
you did not have much of a honeymoon when you started, right? You yeah, start... I left out some of those things, <laughs> didn't right. I? The conference is imploding, the Delta variant's going nuts. Uh, how did you kind of cope with that? And uh, yeah. did you ever think, you know, maybe this was a bad decision on yeah. my part? <laughs> well, I kind of made a joke about those that were in the finals that didn't get the job they might be celebrating. <laughs> um, no, you know, that was, I think, a surprise. So that's the one thing. What, you know, what has happened that you don't expect? You never expect the unexpected, which is, you know, obvious, but I don't think anyone expected the OU in Texas to leave the big 12. Um, I certainly didn't. And, um, that really took up a significant amount of time, a lot of uncertainty. You have a lot of attention focused on, you know, what's going to happen at Oklahoma state, uh, where are we going to go? And I think what really happened by the way that that played out was it was it was leaked out and then it was announced that they were leaving and everyone expected you know where are you going to go and it those kind of decisions take so long uh it's not something that happens quickly and it really shook up all of the landscape of of football across you know all of college football so all conferences were trying to process everyone was and so that was certainly something that took a lot of time. And um, of course, Chad Weiberg and I started on July 1st. That happened on July 21st. <laughs> so we had about 20 days. And um, I, I always give him a hard time and tell him that he's the problem child on the leadership team. Because every time he, every time he shows up, I'm like, what, what happened, Chad? <laughs> um, but, you know, that was, it was a good opportunity, I think, for our OSU family to rally. I, I think we've seen people really get behind OSU athletics. Um, obviously, we're, we've been having a great season in football. Um, Bedlam, the environment inside of the stadium was just tremendous. And that's, you know, in really because of the Cowboy family. Then, of course, you know, while all of that was going on, we started seeing an increase in, in our COVID numbers. And I think Everyone had really gotten to a place where we wanted to be back to normal. I mean, we felt like we were back to normal. And so it was just an adjustment from, okay, here we go again. And, you know, everyone's fatigue and stress levels are high. Uh, and just trying to work through that. How do, we, how do we start to look at this as not, you know, uh, a pandemic that happened and it's over? This is kind of endemic. How are we going to structure ourselves going forward to be able to respond when we see these things? Um, and I do think, you know, from the students' perspective, when, when the numbers started to rise, I think they started to get really nervous about, we're going to go back to the way it was. We just want to experience, you know, football and experience all the, you know, the life, the college life. Um, balancing that with having to be in the classroom and how to, you know, faculty and, and staff, I mean, how do we balance all those things? So um, there, those are things that probably college presidents don't experience in their tenure, <laughs> let alone in their four months uh, or first right. month or two. So I think that took up so much time um, in really just, uh, you know, part of of really being in that leadership role is trying to communicate. And there's so many people to communicate with um, and just ensuring that that happens, that it just takes up 
a lot of time. So, right. Yeah. Well, I feel like too, thinking about just all the stressors that happen in everyday life and on the podcast, we try and aim it towards and gear towards our students that are becoming young professionals and hopefully successful professionals once they graduate. And I feel like you would probably have some really great insight just about how to time manage and how to handle those situations. But even more so, how do you find time to rest and collect yourself and take on those situations head on because as president of a university that is something you have to do so frequently so is there any advice that you would give or anything that helps you in particular just relax and decompress and be ready for the next day you know i i have always said even in you know my career just you know having a family six children um and having a pretty demanding career the one thing that i always tell people when they're saying well, how do you do that um, I always tell them the easy, the easiest thing to do is to give 100% to your job and 100% to your family and neglect yourself because, you know, you have a lot of pride in those two things. And if you're not careful, you, you know, you, you kind of run out of steam because you're not paying attention to taking care of yourself, having those moments again to recharge or just to sit and reflect and, and you know, that this is in every new experience, there's, you know, a learning time period of, okay, how do I do that? Um, because in every circumstance, it's, you know, a different environment. And so, you know, for me, exercise is something that I have always done as a way to just, you know, get rid of stress, have some time. My husband and I work out together. Um, and so that's something that we've done, spending time with our family um, trying to set aside time to say, okay, no matter what's going on, this is going to be a priority. Um, and, and that's something, you know, be honest, I'm still trying to figure out, um, you know, you, you get into, uh, normal schedules and that may, for me, that's always made things a little bit easier for me is once you get accustomed to what is happening, having those set times and you build a schedule around it. So, um, but it is that that's, you know, what you have to do. And sometimes you have to decide what are you going to say yes to? What are you going to say no to? And having priorities. So having those set priorities for yourself is what, you know, I always have to go back to and say, okay, every once in a while I have to sit down and say, what are my priorities? You can say yes to something every minute of the day. Um, but how's, how are you doing from a time allocation perspective compared to those priorities that you've set for yourself? Yeah, and I think an additional stressor, being first is also a stressor as well. And uh, since you are the first female president of, of OSU, have you found anything that maybe uh, was, you know, particular to that, that you've either had additional pressure or stress. And, you know, I, I, I've talked to a lot of female faculty, staff, and, and students who are just thrilled, right, to, to have you as a role model, and it really inspires. But that also then puts, I think, additional pressure on you. So how do you kind of deal with that? And Yeah, I think it does in, in some regards because, you know, there are certain things that people just attribute to a president because it's all been a male. And so... Um, you know, being the first female there, it's like, you know, you're not really being compared to anybody and you really don't have anybody to compare yourself to, to say, okay, well, this is how, you know, this, this happens. So for me, I'm always thinking about, okay, what, it, you know, what do I need to wear in this circumstance? Where do I need to, you know, wear to 
be professional in this circumstance. And so, um, you know, that's been a little bit of a, a different, you know, thing for me. Um, and, you know, from, for the rest of it, I guess, you know, I've always been in a, probably a, a, a predominantly male, you know, profession, medicine, it's getting more and more, which is great. Um, so I, I probably don't think about it as much, but I would say that's probably the one thing that I'm, you know, more thoughtful on is just making sure that I'm always. Yeah. My wife, when we have events, she'll say, what are you going to wear? Is it a, a suit? <laughs> she goes, oh, yeah, that's right. You're no help. <laughs> that's yes. Right. And, so. you know, yes, that's it. And, <laughs> you know, from, you know, working in orange, I can't just throw on a tie. So I want to always, you know, represent in orange, but I have to be kind of thoughtful about it. So in order to do that, I'm, I'm constantly, you know, trying to think about, okay, how do I work that in every, every well, day? And Mike, if you look at up and down the line, uh, women leaders tend to be judged more on what they dress, how they mm -hmm. look, than a guy. Yes. Right? A guy could wear clothes from the 1950s and no one will say anything, right? So I think there is that double standard that exists and puts more pressure on you to do that. And I, I think that's because it's so, you know, for men wearing a suit, that's pretty uniform. So, I mean, that for women, dressing professionally can mean you know, many things. And so I think that's where it, it does become something that you're more judged on than, you know, someone else, you know, a male uh, colleague. Definitely. I feel like too orange as a statement piece can be really difficult yeah. and it's not necessarily the easiest to find either. So shopping for those things and looking for those orange statement pieces mm -hmm. and accents and everything can be really difficult. I love your coat today. Thank you. Yes, it's really fun. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and ask kind of a fun question in the book national or in the book, in the movie national treasure. There's the secret president's book that Nicolas Cage finds. I don't know if any of you are. I have seen it. Okay. So I'm curious, is there any sort of thing that's passed down among presidents or any sort of even advice maybe that's passed down that was helpful starting or maybe a secret book of sorts or things that is a president's secret that I know you could share it with us, then it wouldn't really be a secret. That's what I was going to say. Can I can't tell. To any I can't yeah. tell you because then the secret's going to be on. Um, I, you know, what I have found is that I have been able to interact, you know, with Burns Hargis, uh, with Jim Halligan, and they're, they have been very open to give advice uh, and be very supportive. But both of them have said, you know, it's your time is different. Um, you know, we want to be supportive, however, but stay out of your way. Because it's, it's, you know, everybody's time in tenure is going to be different. Um, and so that's been just, it's nice to just have, you know, someone you can just talk to. Um, but I don't know that there's any secrets. I will say the, the one thing that um, is kind of interesting is that in the president's office, it looks like a wall, but there is a door. Ooh, we're finding out new things. No I don't know if really... I was supposed to tell that. But I've never noticed that. Now you have. Yeah, it's kind of like it looks like the wall, but it is a door. That's pretty neat. I think mm -hmm. that's really cool. That really, I mean, it, it that satisfied my question. Okay, it I did. knew that would be the one thing <laughs> that did. I could say. Because I thought it was kind of neat whenever I was meeting with President Argus. I was like, whoa, 
Oh, you disappeared. So. Yes. <laughs> That's a secret door. That's perfect. Exit stage right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. So when you think of leadership, what are some of the qualities of leadership you try to aspire to and hold to? Mm-hmm. Well, number one, I would say integrity. I think that's the most important thing, communicating clearly, um, you know, being true to your values and the values of the institution. I I think that's very important. And that's always something that I've looked at when I'm looking at jobs. Do my values line up the values of the institution? Because if they don't, there's a mismatch right away. Um, Being, I think a good leader listens. And um, that's something that I, you know, try to do is really listen. Um, to the people that are a part of Oklahoma State University. And um, I think good leaders are strategic. They're um, thoughtful. Um, Displaying empathy is important as a leader. And then empowering people around you to to, um, lead. And um, But being, I think, very, in doing that, you have to be very clear about the direction that you want to go. Because just empowering people doesn't necessarily move an organization forward. Well, since you mentioned, let me follow it up. I know that we're going to start the strategic planning process soon. Uh, what do you hope uh, is produced by that? Yeah, I, I would like for just coming out of that, for us to have a clear direction of here's where we want to go in the future um, and, and to have goals uh, for, for the university um, as a whole. But I, I really, you know, to me, there's a lot of things facing higher education today. Some of the challenges, um, enrollment cliffs, uh, uh, increasing cost, um, relevance. You know, you hear many people saying, what's the relevance of higher education? I believe Oklahoma State University is very well positioned to be, a, to be the premier land-grant university. I think the land-grant mission is really the answer to what people are seeking. I mean, if we go back to really focusing on what does access mean? How do we make ourselves more accessible, affordable? Um, how do we utilize our resources, both in an educational perspective and from a research perspective, um, to provide a workforce that's prepared and ready for the future? What is, what is it that we need to do? What do we want the ideal graduate to look like from Oklahoma State University? What are the, um, not just the education, but what are the experiences? Um, that we know sets our students up for success? And then how do we utilize our, our intellectual um, you know, horsepower that we have here at the university and resources to solve society's most pressing needs? What, what, that, that's what makes us relevant in today's society because we have some real issues that are, are important to our state, to our nation. And how can we really focus on solving those problems? Um, and so, I, and then going to the extension piece, um, how do we take that knowledge out and make our, our state and our world a better place? I think those are, I mean, it's amazing. Obviously, you can see why you're president. <laughs> Whenever you just listen to you talk and just even the goals and the, the challenges that you're ready to face and overcome, it's really inspiring to hear. And I hope that our students that are listening to this feel just as inspired as well. Um, last question before we get to kind of a more of a game, something a little bit more fun. I want to know, what do you feel like is a quality? We talked about qualities of a great leader, but what do you feel like really defines success and how can students 
start to, as they enter the workforce and as they're starting to tackle finding jobs, what is a way that they can kind of measure success in their own hands and in their own realm? Well, let me say one thing to, you know, achieving success. Failure is not the opposite of success. We all fail. And I think many times on our way to success, we stop because we're afraid of failure or um, it, or failure is the ending point. It's not. It's a learning. It's a moment to learn. And we've all experienced it. Uh, and so when I talk about success, I always want to say that because I know that there are, you know, pe- sometimes we're just scared to put ourselves out there or to, you know, really stretch beyond our comfort zone. But that's when we can achieve great things. So setting goals for yourself and, you know, having dreams, that's that's the first point of that. Success means many things to many people, but it really is determined by what is the goal that you've set for yourself. Uh, And, you know, to me, when you're achieving those goals, that's when you achieve success. And I would say if, if you are not a little bit scared of your goals, like if you set a goal and you're like, I've got it, no problem. That's not big enough. You should look at that goal and say, oh, I don't I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous that this is not going to happen. And yes, you will have to work hard to get there. And and maybe you don't. But if you're setting your goals and your sights just a little bit further than you think you can achieve, you're going to go much further in life and you're going to attain things that you could not have imagined you could. Um, It takes courage to achieve success and it takes self-confidence and um, sometimes just being self-assured and within yourself to, again, like I said, recognize, well, you know, this, maybe I I failed at at this, but it's not the stopping point. Those challenges are going to happen on the way to success. I like that you talked about the nerves and being almost fearful of your goals. And someone told me one time that whenever you're nervous, that that just means that you care. And that's something that now I say all the time to myself. Anytime I start to feel those butterflies or start to have nerves or nervous energy, I always just remind myself that it's a good thing because it means that I care and it means that I'm passionate about what I'm going after. And if I wasn't nervous, then maybe I don't care well, as much yeah. as and I should. And likewise, you can't display courage if you're not afraid. Exactly. Right. If, if you're not afraid, then the courage is irrelevant. So, I mean, it's much easier to kind of stay in your comfort zone and just do the things that you know you're good at, but we don't grow inside our comfort zone. Right. And so just pushing outside of that is important. And, and to recognize that sometimes on your, you know, my goals throughout life have changed. Even my career goals have changed. And so it's a journey. Life's a journey. Don't expect success in short term. I mean, unless you're setting, you know, some short term goals, but, um, it, you know, it, it, that's part of the beauty of it is that, you know, sometimes when you set a destination, you get to go a lot of other places before you get there. Should we right. head into our fun yeah, little that's right. segment? We're ready for rapid fire question time. Yes. Ooh. So we'll throw out different topics and different rapid fire questions. We'll kind of go back and forth and throwing them at you. And then the first thing that comes to mind, the first thing that you like out of the two options, whatever it may be, feel free to blurt it out. Okay. I'll start us. Okay. Favorite dessert. Ice cream. Oh, I'm with her. Love it. Right. Uh-huh. Worst subject in school? Typing in ninth grade. 
I'm glad typewriters are gone. <laughs> I, I took uh, typing in high school to meet girls, but I did learn how to type. Well, so. that was my <laughs> problem. There was a boy behind me that I kept turning around wanting to talk to. So that's so awesome. Um, favorite movie? Blindside. Ooh, good one. Really good one. Summer or winter? Summer. I don't like the cold. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm gearing up right I'm now. I'm always cold. 72 I'm, on the first day of December was awesome. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Coffee or tea? Chai tea. Oh. Mm -hmm. Really good yeah. one. Yeah. I like a chai tea Vanilla too. chai tea latte. Ooh, never done it with vanilla. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have a new order to try. Yes. Random one. Favorite number and why? 11. That was always my softball number. Awesome. Oh. It was my uncle's baseball number. <laughs> really? And I was really young and we went to his baseball game. He was dating my aunt and thought he was kind of cute. Mm -hmm. And then when I started playing, it was like, I'll be number 11. So that's my number. It's perfect. All right. You can't, you can't include Stillwater. Uh, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Well, so I would, I would live in Coweta, Oklahoma. And not because I think it's the most beautiful place in the world. There are some very intriguing places that I would love to go see, but family is important to me and my family's there and, um, you know, it's where I grew up. And so that would, I mean, that if I had to choose, that's where I would choose. I'd go visit a lot of other places, <laughs> but I would live in Coweta. A big plug for Coweta. That's I right. That's I, awesome. I, yeah, I mean, you a know. proud Oki. I told them I was going to increase their tourism, right? <laughs> there you go. You're on your way. Yeah. Okay, last one in the rapid fire question. Heels or flats? Oh, heels. I love it. You know, for I put sure. it in there because in your Instagram bio, it does say that you're passionate about heels. I am. And I did it almost to test to see how passionate you were. Uh, you ask my husband, he'll tell you. <laughs> I he, love it. He had, I've moved him out of many closets because of my heel collection. So that's awesome. Good. All right. So, word association. Yeah. So, the first thing you think of uh, when you hear Pistol Pete. The shotgun firing. <laughs> no, no, it's I, I, I'm prepared for it every time, and it still makes me jump. Uh, yes, I, every single time. I mean, even I went out on the field, and they were like, "This is going to be really loud. Do you need earplugs?" And I was like, "No," because I know it's going to happen. And then I jump, you know, every <laughs> single time. Uh, the first thing you think of when you hear the word Christmas, uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. Good. Yes, absolutely. New Year's Eve. Uh, champagne. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Bedlam. Victory. There you go. <laughs> go Pokes. Go Pokes. What was your traditions? Um, homecoming. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You have to think of it. Walk I mean, around. I think you got those all right. I know. Uh, I'm not sure, but we'll have to go to the judges, but you I think passed. you did. Okay. <laughs> so, On our good. scale, you passed. That's perfect. Well, thank you so, so much yeah. for doing this. It truly was an honor to sit down with you and just get to know you a little bit more. I hope the students that listen to this really enjoy it and kind of can gain some wisdom and some insight from you. You clearly are a wealth of knowledge, and I'm so honored that you're our president. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I just hope I'm not fired after this. No, so that's what, that's you're safe. <laughs> safe no, for we, today. We are thrilled to have you in charge and very excited to see what comes next and uh, willing to work with you and, and take OSU to a whole nother uh, direction. And I have to say, all the alums I've talked to uh, think that OU leaving the conference is the best thing for us. Uh, not, you know, their initial shock, but they mm -hmm. all think finally, and I know you and I have talked, that we can forge our own path. I'm, I, you know, and I will say I'm very excited about the new Big 12 and what that looks like for us and where we can go. And this is our moment in time to capitalize and 
and, you know, be who I think Oklahoma State University can be and um, say goodbye to the Sooners and the Longhorns. That's right. No better way to end the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank exactly. you again, uh, President Sharon, for being with us. Really enjoyed it. And we look forward to seeing you next time on The Buzz on Business. Okay.